Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week is the 1976 remake of King Kong and King Kong Lives. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. The symbol I'm ready would have sufficed. <laughs> what part of me screaming Kinky Kong do you not understand? <laughs> you could be here. screaming that for a lot of reasons. Sounds like you're ready for something else. And maybe I'm screaming it for all those reasons. Well, hmm. there are several of those reasons that we cannot help you out with around here. <laughs> I was going to say, one of them is because I was thinking about grinding the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> you should watch uh, Wadzilla then. Uh, did you just say Wadzilla? Haven't <laughs> yeah. you guys watched uh, Chillerama? No. Oh, you should. I know. It's an anthology that takes place at a drive-in, and the first movie is Wadzilla, and it's about a giant sperm that uh, grows enormously huge and tries to uh, fornicate with the Statue of Liberty. Wait, it's about a giant sperm that grows huge, so it's not giant at the beginning, or it is? This is getting complicated. It's not giant, and it becomes giant. Okay. So it's just an average-sized sperm that just... Well, Does it get bit by radioactive sperm? I don't understand. No, you have to watch the movie. Right. I want to give away all the plot details. Um, Sounds pretty intricate. And the second story, which is not that great, was uh, I was a teenage werebear by the guy that did uh, the remake of 2001 Maniacs or whatever. Whichever one has Robert England in it. Yeah. It's not super great. Uh, but then Adam Green's uh, short, The Diary of Anne Frankenstein, is amazing. I'm already sold on that one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh. Worth a watch. All right. I will keep it on my watch list. <laughs> no, you won't. It's, it's there. It's just a long fucking list. Yeah. Now, I was a big fan of... Uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch, and they're both involved with it. And it was playing uh, in one of those Dust Till Dawn horror nights at the drive-in. So, that of course, went. Nice. Uh, Adam Rifkin does the Wadzilla story, who did uh, Detroit Rock City and all that other stuff. That horror classic, Detroit Rock City. I've never seen it. A lot of people seem to really enjoy that movie. So uh, I enjoyed it at the time. I don't recall it that well. It's just teenagers trying to go to a Kiss concert. Mayhem ensues. Yeah. With Edward Furlong before he became uh, 
Over for Edward Leo. Furlonged himself. What the fuck? Edward Furlong was in Detroit Rock City? I think yeah. so. Seems like he would be. Was he not? Am I... Did I just put him in the movie? If only I, there was some sort of database one could check to find yeah. out who all the actors in any given movie were. That could, I mean, that could 100% be correct, but I was thinking that his career had burned out way before that movie came out, but maybe yeah. it's just I, uh... Yeah, here's that. Hoping, hoping it would have. Here's that, 1999. I think it's right at the end of his career, because it was 1999, he was still trying to play a high school kid, but he was clearly already a high school graduate when Terminator 2 came out in 92. Let's see, let's see what his, uh... Movies were around that time. You're going to make yourself sad if you go down this rabbit hole. Uh, the movie he did right before it was American History X. Okay. Which is really good, of course. It's, like, it's a good performance. It's not getting, a great performance. I was getting ready to say, arguably the best movie he was in, not necessarily his best performance in a movie, but... It's in the discussion of his best performance in a movie because none of his performances are that good. Let's see. I, so he did that, and then Detroit Rock City. Then since then, I do not recognize. Oh, he was in the fourth Crow movie. Yeah. Anybody saw that? I did. I did. I'm not happy I did, but I did. Yeah. Him and and then, David Boreanaz uh, making a mockery of that series. And uh, was it Tara Reed? Yeah, maybe. I only uh, saw it once. Then I don't recognize anything on his IMDb till the Night of the Demons remake, which was like 10 years later. And isn't the Green Hornet? I don't remember. With like Seth Rogen, that Green Hornet? Yeah. Uh, weird, but sure. Uh, he was in Arachno Quake, which I'm assuming is for Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Why, why are you assuming that? <laughs> Because their stick is just, yeah, you know, get like an animal or an insect and then put some sort of natural disaster in it and you're set. Yes. And then, I mean, I got it. I was just trying to, I wanted to make you explain it. That's all. And then I don't recognize, he's done a lot of work, but I don't recognize any of these movies until Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, no, it's all direct video stuff and not in the era when direct video stuff was worthwhile. I'm not even looking at the list. I'm just drawing that conclusion. I mean, it's literally stuff I've never heard of, but it's like Zombie King, Stitch, Matt's Chance, Awakened, Assault yeah. on Wall Street. Assault on Wall Street. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That it sounds, sounds like-, like one of those random angry Yui Bull movies. Yeah. yeah, I don't. You didn't intend that as a compliment, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, he's consistently been working like within the past ten years, but it's just a bunch of shit yeah. I've never heard of. So good for him, I guess. If he could pay for his hey. mortgage and his drug habit, I mean, more power to him. Hey, man, I bet you his job's more fun than any of our oh, jobs. Pff, I guarantee it. I'd especially be an actor in crappy B movies rather than go to an office. You say, especially stuff on that low that low budget, you just kind of fuck around all day and then film like two scenes and then you're done. Plus, in, like he gets to be kind of the big fish in the little pond there, oh, right? Yeah, he gets to be the big. I star. bet you they. Yeah, he, yeah you're right. He's the Star Wars, and, and if he was like in a Hollywood movie, he'd be like he'd either be cameoing as himself or he'd be playing some tiny little role. 
even in Terminator, he only got to, I don't remember what he did. Was it motion captioned for his 30 second scene or whatever? I never, I never even saw that. I probably will one day, but. I just watched the scene on YouTube just because I was curious of how they oh. killed him off, but I haven't watched the movie. Yeah. That's, uh, which I guess that's one of those things for, for Terminator Dark Fate he dies in. I was going to say, whenever he was in uh, T2, he, re- he really should have just got some teeny tiny bit of points on that movie, and then he could have just <laughs> rode that way for the rest of his life instead yeah. of being sad and furlong. Uh, but he had, that, he had about... that. But he had that Pet Cemetery Two money coming up, so he didn't need to worry about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm now all I'm thinking about is how much fun it would be to hit the point of your career where you get paid to cameo as yourself and stuff. That'd probably be great. Mm. Like that short window of Neil Patrick Harris's career, but then he like actually restarted his career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except I wouldn't want to restart my career. I just want to stay in the cameo as yourself face. (laughs) Yeah, Doug's Doug's cameo and in this movie, we got to go see it. Everybody's like, who? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd have to have had a rich and famous phase before that in order for this plan to work. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) I'm not suggesting I'm going to try it now. <laughs> Quit my job, move to Hollywood, and volunteer to play myself in movies and see how far that gets me. Yeah, that'll work. They'd be like, "You, you are," and I'd be like, "Come on, you don't know who I am." I'd be like, what? Yeah. Just keep playing the "you don't know who I am" card. Yeah, until somebody I... feels ashamed enough that they pretend they know who you are. <laughs> um, did anybody else watch this uh, Ezra Miller choking video? I. I'm one of the people that is so apparently it's been confirmed a bunch of times that that's real. Mm-hmm. That seems real fucking fake to me. Like, doesn't it look like he very gently, like he, he acts badly, grabs this woman and then gently sets her on the floor and everybody's like, bro, no, dude. <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. Hmm. Yeah, apparently people are losing their fucking minds. He's going to yeah. lose his, uh, his flash money if he doesn't doesn't figure well, I, out how to fix it. Now is not the time to have a scandal when everybody's stuck at home with nothing else to do. Right? The internet's a shitty enough place when everybody's at work all day. Yeah, I was I was gonna say because if if it's real and he for real just choked a random female fan for basically no reason, that dude's done. That that career's done. <laughs> What's the context? Like, she's she asking for a selfie or something? I don't... It, it, the video's only 15 seconds long. Okay. But what they said is some news organizations reached out to this store, because apparently it happened in Iceland. Okay. And, and the owner of this place said Ezra Miller was there, that a bunch of people were bothering him and asking him to fight or something weird like that. And his reaction was to grab this woman and that he was thrown out and asked never to come back. So supposedly, according to the guy who owns the place, it's real. But like I said, if you watch that video, it seems real fucking fake. The part I find hard to believe is that Ezra Miller's just walking around Iceland and people recognize him. (laughs) Would you guys recognize me if you saw him on the street? 
I only know him because he's supposed to be the Flash, and that movie it may or may not ever get made. I don't know. Maybe his aura of douchery might tip you off or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I've known who he is for a while. I've seen he was in that movie. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. That's kind of the first place I saw him. And then, oh, that was him. Him. Yeah. Like the, he played Kevin. Yeah. Okay. That was a really good movie. Yeah. So then he was like perks to being a wallflower and a bunch of other shit, which apparently leads you up to getting a role in the, as Barry Allen in the flash. It leads to you getting cast in the role. It does not necessarily lead to you filming the movie. We'll wait for that to happen. He was the underaged uh, intern that Amy Schumer has sex with in that movie that Amy Schumer starred in. Oh, yeah. He's also in the uh, Fantastic Beast, somewhere to find him. He's in both of those movies. Okay. I'm just saying he's more famous than you give him credit for, Doug. He is more famous than I give him credit for. He's been in one movie that I saw a while ago, but I didn't know that was him. And then he's been in a bunch of stuff I've never seen. So good for him. You know what I think they should do with the Flash movie? Replace him with Edward Furlong. Oh, Jesus. You know what? I'd go see a Flash movie with Edward Furlong in it. <laughs> here's, here's, I, I was going to say, because here's the truth. With the exception of Shazam, all those DC movies have been not the best. So why not just do something fucking stupid and just <laughs> throw some shit at the wall, see if it's sick. Is this, is this like back when Jack Black was going to be the Green Lantern? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they had talked I about doing it. I keep forgetting that was a thing. Yeah, they were going to do a Jack Black version of Green Lantern. Where I'm assuming it would have been like the greatest American hero type of thing where he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. and He's got a Green Lantern ring. I was, I was going to say the funniest thing is if you did a Green Lantern movie that had more than one Green Lantern in it, mm-hmm. you could have him be uh, Guy Gardner, and that would actually be pretty fucking funny. <laughs> so funny. Just just have all these big, muscular, strapping dudes playing the other Green Lanterns, and then just the, the one fuck-up with Dick Envy. <laughs> sure, I'd watch all that shit. 100, 100%. Do you think Jack Black would choke a bitch when... Uh... Someone told him to fight. <laughs> All the videos I see of Jack Black in public, it seems like he's so nice. He's funny enough that he would probably just like there'd be a video of him choking a bitch that looked similar to this one, except like he'd have his like gut sticking out of his shirt the whole time or something. <laughs> probably like, pretty funny. You'd be like, yeah, I'm so strong. Look at me choking this lady. Doesn't got <laughs> I was getting ready to say it because with him, it seems like there's a better odds of a bunch of people bothering him and him just screaming, challenging somebody to a dance fight for no reason, <laughs> just to confuse them into going away. He's like, dance fight right now, me and you, somebody who gets some cardboard. I'd be down for that. Isn't he supposed to be like retiring? Or- I have no idea. Seems like I had heard that he had decided he was done making movies after this last Jumanji movie. He's just going to do Tenacious D stuff from now on. That could all just be a lie to get people to go see the next round of Tenacious D concerts, though. Yeah, which would be fine. I'd go. I like how everything we talk about, you're just like, yeah, I'm done with that. Whatever. Well, it's because we talk about cool stuff happening. I'm just saying, if there was uh, like a traveling show that had a giant monkey on display, would you go see it? Yes. 
All right. Well, so would people in both of these movies. Are we sure? Yeah. People we went to see it. It just went horribly oh, wrong. I'll, I'll tell you what. I might go see the first one. I'm definitely not going to see the second one. No. Oh. All right. Well, which one do we want to start with? Do we start chronological order? Do we start... So, somewhere in, should we inform the listeners who might not know yet that we changed the subject matter oh, from yeah. last yes. week to this week? Yeah, we're supposed to be doing Kong 76 and then its sequel, King Kong Lives. But it turns out, back in the day when apparently you could buy King Kong Lives for $5 in the $5 bin, but not no more. They locked yeah, that shit down. Have, we all should have invested in that $5 DVD that was floating around Walmart forever because it turns out it's $113. 113 I saw it for on Amazon Canada. And I'm like, what the fuck? Could have spent 50 bucks and then made $1,000 off of it. Yeah. For, a, for a movie that's like in the list of one of those worst movies ever type things. Well, that's why I just assumed it would be on like a few streaming services for free because nobody's going to buy this movie. So why not just throw it out there and. Yeah. Throw it on digital. Watch it. Make some money I'll, off I'll, of it. I'll tell you guys the worst part of this whole fucking thing is out of everything that was going to be involved with this week, I was really excited to see uh, Linda Hamilton in the fucking movie. Right. And I didn't get to see Linda Hamilton in a fucking movie. Instead, I saw some weird little Kong. Why he's so little? You know what I, you, know what I, you can see her in? Ter- Terminator 2 with Edward Furlong. <laughs> that's, that's true. It all comes back to the Furlong. Yeah. Always does. So let's right. talk about Terminator 2 instead of Son of Kong. <laughs> it's too late. I watched Son of Kong. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Son of Kong. Noah, since you love it so much, why don't you tell us about Son of Kong? I don't know. What the fuck was the plot of this movie? I don't know. <laughs> it was only an hour long, like, and I and I had a hard time like, paying attention to it because... The first 45 minutes of this movie, there's like a musical number in a lot of weird Asian racism from, from the, what, 1950s, 1960s? Is that when this movie was? 1933. 1933, same year as the original. Yeah. I I didn't think it came out that close right afterwards. King Kong did so well. They were like, make another one immediately. And it came out nine months later. Make make another one, but with none of the artistry. Yeah, because the main, the main guy Fire. in it is is the same actor that playing the same role that he did in the first movie. Right. So I don't. They go they go back to the island like for no fucking reason. That's I was trying to pay attention and I just couldn't. <laughs> There's a reason. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Noah. Right. So like, so why the, the main, fuck do they go back to the island? The the main dude apparently is being sued. By just about everybody in New York for uh, structural damages, loss of money, or whatever from this King Kong fiasco. So he can't even leave like his apartment without like being hounded by reporters and process servers and everything else. So he meets up with this guy who's like, "Hey, I got a boat. We're trying to we're trying to start up this shipping company. Why don't you come work for me?" And he's like. To get the fuck out of New York? Hell yes. So they do that, and then... What? I was just gonna... It's like the ship captain from the first one, right? Is it the ship captain? I don't know. I think so. 
Um, either way, they go to like some, I don't know, port. I don't, I don't even know where the fuck they were. And he runs into one of his crew members from the first movie. And apparently it's the guy that gave him the map to Skull Island. And so this dude's also trying to get out because it seems like he's broke and owes people money. And so uh, he's like, hey, did you find the treasure on Skull Island? And the guy's like, treasure? So he ends up conning this guy into going back to to Skull Island because he thinks there's treasure on the island. And so that's when he's like, fuck it, let's go. And then this uh, circus singer lady stows away on the boat, gets found about halfway there. And then, of course, they go ashore and shit falls apart, as, as it usually does with stuff like this. Does that make more sense? Not that much. Angry, angry natives and a little baby Kong. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the natives love us. They show up and the natives are like, get the fuck out. So we have to go land at a different part of the island. (laughs) I love that, that they're like, why are they so angry? And there's like, well, apparently they're upset that we let Kong through their gate. (laughs) It's like, yeah, (laughs) he was like their destroyer god. (laughs) <laughs> People get frustrated about things like that. Yeah. Uh, did you guys? I I don't know if this was a just a trick of the copy I was watching, or if I was confusing myself. Did Baby Kong get whiter as the movie progressed? Did he start off like kind of a dark color and just slowly get pastier? I actually thought the opposite. I thought he started out a lot lighter and got darker by the end. Because <laughs> he's supposed to be like he's supposed to have white hair. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Well, the high, the high quality YouTube transfer that I watched, I didn't really notice either of those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas I paid the five dollars to own the high quality HD transfer. I mean, I think the best the best part of this entire movie was the part where like little baby Kong punches that dinosaur, <laughs> like, <laughs> gets him in a headlock, just punches him in the yeah. face a bunch of times. It's not epic like the big Kong fights. He just like punches it until it passes out. And then he's like, yeah, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> Piece of shit. I have to say, I really enjoyed the fight between Kong and like, is it like a bear that he fights? Yeah. That's the same size as him. I, I, I enjoyed that fight. And just because it went on for so fucking long, it was like the they live fight. It just kept going and going. <laughs> and you're like, nothing's really happening here. How come this isn't over yet? <laughs> Yeah, so when they get to the island, they all split up, and then the dude from the first movie discovers there's a baby Kong. This I whole love movie, it, though, because he just, he just stumbles across it. He's just walking. He's like, hey, there's a baby Kong right there. That must be Kong's son. <laughs> and this whole, the whole movie, he's talking about how he really fucked up, and he should have just left King Kong on the island. It would have been better for everybody. And uh, so he, he, he's lamenting that he feels horrible this entire movie. And so he finds Kong, or Baby Kong, or Kiko, as apparently his name is. They never say it in the movie, though. Um, he's, like, drowning in quicksand. So he pushes a tree over to help him out, and Kong apparently is like, thanks, bro, and then comes back and helps them throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Then by entire movie, you mean the next 20 minutes, because that's all that's left yeah. movie by the time this happens totally so here's yeah. here's the thing about this movie like 
the setup at the beginning where they're like he's getting sued and they're talking about he's going to end up getting arrested and charged with some crimes and shit so he just like hops a boat and somebody's like go on job you can come on my boat and we just get the fuck out of here and he's like yup let's go like that's a great setup I really liked that opening bit and then all the stuff that happens like for the next half hour of them like going to this port and seeing like going to like a little show with little monkeys and stuff and I'm all like okay yeah this is all great if this is set up for something fine but then it's not really set up for anything. It's just this, <laughs> it's just shit that's happening so that they can make their movie long enough to put it in theaters. And that's kind of annoying. Yeah. Because like even, even like the Baby Kong stuff, it's like it feels really rushed and slapped together. And it's like this is how much we can do when you want the sequel out in nine months. This is what we can put together with our bad stop yeah. motion. Which is like it's kind of fun to watch. But you're like we spent a half an hour of setup to watch – stop motion monsters wrestle that's yeah. weird it's weird too doesn't it? it feels like the budget got super slashed on this sequel obviously yeah it, yeah but wasn't i mean uh the original king kong was a huge theatrical success right yeah like my yeah. understanding is the original king kong would have still been in theaters when this was released that's how much of a success it was yeah, that's isn't that just bonkers? Why not? Why wouldn't they just throw a little bit of money at it? I think the biggest thing is the time. It's like I don't like the, keeping in mind the film industry was still relatively new. It was 1933, and I think like they're just thinking we need to get this out before people forget what King Kong is, and so they're just like people will go see it based on the name. It doesn't matter about the quality. Like keeping in mind back then, like they're not. There was no secondary market once a movie was out of theaters, right? So they're just like, we just need something else with Kong in the title, with some of the same actors that we can put on the posters. Go. And it's just like, like the original director doesn't come back, but it's like his like uncredited co-director from the first movie takes over this one or some weird shit like that. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, they're just like, get people there and they're like we don't have time to build a new suit like we don't have time to write a good script we don't have time he certainly can't be coming across the ocean back to north america again we we just don't have time for any of that we have nine months to get this movie out go 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 and that's what the result is is it's like they feel there's all this filler at the beginning all this setup that doesn't really lead anywhere like there's a damn mutiny in the middle of this movie you skip that in your plot description like why is there a whole mutiny on the ship and you're like who cares like, why do we need that? Just a we don't strange, need that at all. Make sure they're stranded on the island, pretty much. Yeah, but it's like they could have just gone to the island and then chosen to leave. And it's like, and then you have to have that weird ending because you had this mutiny. Now they're rowing away from the island in a rowboat, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well now you got to just go like, and then a ship just happened to pass by and pick them up. <laughs> there you <laughs> the end. And it's like, well, that's a weird way to end your movie with this like huge coincidence, but you need it because they've they painted themselves into that corner and they can't apparently afford to make this like a whole 90 minute movie. So they're doing what they can do. Yeah. So according to IMDb, the estimated budget for the original King Kong was 670,000 in 1933 dollars. Yes. The estimated budget for son of Kong was 250,000. So it's way less. Yeah. And and it's obvious that you can see it, right? The, totally. 
like the because individually a lot of the scenes are not bad but you can tell that they're just filming what they can do as quickly as they can and moving on well and i mean king king kong the original king kong is a goddamn masterpiece of special effects for that era like it's it's mind-boggling today to go back and watch it and be like, I cannot fucking believe they managed to do what they did. And other King Kong movies, I can forgive them for being different <laughs> for for various fucking reasons. You know what I mean? They're like spread out enough in time or in content that you're like, okay, well, this is a different thing. So I'm not going to compare it to that other one. But but this one, in its proximity to the original, it makes it worse. <laughs> you're you're like, how how did they go from masterpiece to pile of shit? Like, yeah, it yeah. it really does feel like uh, if there was a sci-fi channel in the 30s, this would be the movie that came out. Or an asylum, I guess, is a better example. Like, this is the movie that would have come out in an attempt to cash in on King Kong's name. And it's like, well, yeah, but why is the same studio doing that? And I think, honestly, it's just a matter of the industry being so new and not understanding yet that they could have made a ton more money by making a King Kong 2 a year later. I don't think they figured that out yet. Right. Yeah, and the original – so the original one is a pulp adventure movie. And, I mean, this this one's – so close to those generic cliched ass 1930s movies that I mean if you threw in a fucking Marx brother into this movie it would not change this movie it would not change it at all it would still be the exact same shitty movie like (laughs) yeah and again it's like it it, it's simply a matter of they don't they can't make a good movie in nine months from scratch especially using the technology that they had available at the time like, what are you going to do? I, I don't blame any of the people directly involved in making this picture for how it turned out. It's bad decision making at the top that just, uh, you know, because again, like the acting's not bad. It's acting of that era, but it's fine. It's the special effects are fun, but they're this is a direct sequel to a movie like like you said that had these great special effects, and then they're just moving on to this weird stop motion stuff, which you know, enjoyable to watch the individual fight stuff like that but you are comparing it to king kong and it's just not that it's nowhere near that in quality or in like this movie just lacks like the the soul of the previous film and it's weird yeah, yeah we it should, said we they, they said the pro- producer's enthusiasm for this movie was curtailed when he was told they had less than half the budget of king kong to work with and he had to have it in theaters within six months for christmas 90, 1933 release so it was even worse than I thought. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like some that sounds like some Roger Corman shit before Roger Corman existed. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And then uh, Willis O'Brien, who did special effects on the first one, um, has said that you know since the studio knew absolutely nothing about the stop, stop motion process on the first one, they just let him do whatever and didn't really tell him what to do. But apparently on Son of Kong that became so involved that O'Brien just basically just stopped showing up to work because he was so pissed off at him. And his uh, his assistant basically had to finish the animation without him. He even asked them to have his name taken off the movie, and they refused anyway. 
Wow. It's so weird because, like, like looking at these and you just go, like, why would you – like, why would you try to pass the, the creature that shows up in this as Kong's son? It doesn't even – like, why? They don't look anything alike. It's – and it's – Partially, it's just that they've designed him to look differently. Partially, it's that he's entirely stop motion. And then partially, it's just he's not particularly well made. Like you say, it's made by an assistant. I have no problem with that. <laughs> like, that makes sense to me. Like yeah. this is what happens when you let the assistant be in charge of the, making the model. Yeah, apparently, they took the model from the first one when he's fighting the T-Rex and then stripped all the clay off the armature and sculpted this version over top of it. Okay. This is fucked up. Apparently, during the production of this film, uh, Willis O'Brien's wife fatally shot her two sons and then tried to kill herself. Just to avoid being associated with this fuck? (laughs) Uh, Apparently, she said she survived her attempted suicide, but this incident all but destroyed O'Brien. After this, he steadfastly refused to discuss this movie. O'Brien's protege, one Mr. Ray Harryhausen, had many questions about the making of this film, but they remained unanswered as the memories are far too painful to relive. Jesus. That's, I mean, that's fucked up, but yeah, doesn't, doesn't seem like it should necessarily have much impact on the film we see on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see why we got to suffer as a result of it. Yeah. yeah we probably should have watched uh, King Kong escapes. Is there Some one called King Kong escapes? Oh yeah, that, that that is that is King Kong with a weird shaped head fighting a robot. Oh. Isn't is that one Japanese? And no, that is Niku de Ketsu or whatever the fuck it's called. There's a whole lot of King Kong movies. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to find random ones, but we just randomly went with part 2. We were like, "Whoa, what's the part 2 that we can't find? Let's watch a different part 2." That's <laughs> <laughs> essentially what happened. And it's not honestly like I didn't hate watching this movie for free on YouTube um, because like I say the fight scenes were kind of fun and when you're in your house and you've got your phone in your hand it doesn't matter that the first half's that boring um, yeah. but I kept waiting like I kept like okay what are we building towards and we're not building towards anything there's no plot to this movie like it's just a bunch of shit that happens you know, they show up they do actually find treasure and then there's a there's an earthquake and the entire island sinks which yeah, that's it, that feels like some writer going like we can't they we can't let them do this to us again. We're not putting up another one of these next summer. <laughs> so fuck this shit. <laughs> Sinking the island. Uh, and then Baby Kong gets his foot caught in a mountain and drowns, which is horrible. It's horrible. I agree. But what was what else were they gonna do? Put him on the fucking rowboat. He was dead anyway. It's almost better that he got to go quickly yes. than he just died of exhaustion trying to swim for Asia. <laughs> I think my answer would have been like, let's not sink the island. Let's figure out a better ending to this movie. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know how you could have ended this movie based on how it started. But once they get to the island, you need to give them an adventure. Maybe their adventure is trying to figure out a way off the island or something. Mm-hmm. But Gilligan's Island style? Yeah, or yeah, I don't know. Like this whole thing where they're just like they keep coming across awkward situations, and Baby Kong just has to show up and save them all the time <laughs> for like fifteen minutes, and then it's just over all of a sudden. And there's like the guy lies and says there's a treasure, and then there just is one. That's fucking <laughs> weird. What's that about? 
<laughs> like that's poor script writing in my opinion. <laughs> like if you just lied and said told somebody there was a treasure on a particular island and then you got there and there actually was one, you'd be pretty fucking shocked. And how stupid is uh is the girl? What the fuck is her name? Uh oh, I, I know the part you're referencing here. Is it <laughs> the, the end, end when uh uh, basically, you know, the main guy and her are going to end up together. And he did, because they do escape with, like, this jeweled thing. I don't know. And apparently it's going to be worth a shit ton of money. And he's like, well, we're going to split it four ways. You'll get a, you'll get a quarter, I'll get a quarter, and then the other two guys will each get a quarter apiece. And she's like, well, couldn't we split it three ways? A quarter, or, you know, third for them, a third for that other guy, and then a third for us? And I'm like, you're an idiot. If, if we split it four ways, you get half, which is more than a third, dummy. I was watching that. I was getting, like, so angry at her. I'm like, there's no way. I was just, my instinctive response is there's no way I'd settle down with a woman who made that dumb of a money comment. You know, <laughs> quickly she's going to go through that third of the money because she's not going to understand. No. Oh. God, what a bitch. So frustrating. Oh, Noah just sent us the image of... King Kong escapes where he's fighting a robot ape. Yes. Well, you should have spoke up. I would have watched that too. I don't know. It's a, the the weird thing about this one is that the robot ape looks way better than Kong does. <laughs> Stop sending us pictures of better movies that we didn't get to watch. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything else they want to say about this movie? Um, no. Like, come nope. on. There's no. Why, why are we talking about this movie? Yeah. It's barely a movie. This is the, like the biggest. This like it, all this does is prove that Hollywood has always been like this. It's just this is the equivalent. <laughs> all those stupid like direct-to-video sequels to like every mildly successful horror film in the '90s. That's what this is. Like we're not doing shows based on all of those. Yeah, That's true. We will, but <laughs> it's just it's it, this movie. It, it's not that it's necessarily bad. It's that it's completely pointless nothing fucking happens that has like one scene doesn't necessarily have impact on the following scene it just shit that happens all in a row and then they go home. correct and he, and they never address the fact that when they get fucking home he's still just gonna have 11 lawsuits waiting for him probably yeah. more so yeah they're talking about how rich they're gonna be and like but all that money's gonna have to go to lawsuits but i don't know maybe <laughs> it's the 30s maybe. maybe you can't find people that easily so they'll just go live somewhere well, else yeah, if they didn't, if they did not return to the states, I guess they could get away with it. But or like, if that girl wasn't so fucking dumb, they could just keep a quarter of the money in her name instead of putting it in a joint account, and then nobody'd be able to get it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't want a quarter of the money; she wants half of a third, which is way less. <laughs> what a dummy! All right, well, Doug, why don't you fill us in on how they decided to remake this movie in 1976? They didn't remake this movie. They remade well, the they good. remade the original movie. Sorry. Yeah, and they didn't. Dino De Laurentiis did. That's, That's important true. to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's King Kong, uh, but it's the 70s, so it's an oil tanker going to Skull Island to search for oil. Um, a lot of, like, pseudoscientific talk involved in explaining how that works. But you know it's all BS because it's literally an, oil, an empty oil tanker going there with drilling equipment. Like, that's how they find oil. They just go out there, immediately drill, and put it right on the boat and move. They don't send out a team to check for oil first. Um, 
Jeff Bridges, yeah, which is which is part of a problem that I'll get to here in a second. Yeah, the the logic of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff Bridges plays a paleontologist photographer who studies primates, and uh, he sneaks onto the boat because he's heard rumors about Skull Island, and he wants to get there to investigate it. But he needs to basically for some reason he can't hire a boat to take him there, so he has to get these guys to take him. Um. It's not really clear why he couldn't just hire a boat because once he's on this boat, he offers to pay them. But uh, well, there's like a specific sort of MacGuffin that they talk about that the island has constantly been shrouded, but with fog or whatever. Yeah, so uh, nobody it's knows shrouded it's in island. fog because of the the high levels of CO2, which they believe may be bubbling up in the ground because oil deposits, but the other guy has a theory that there are giant animals breathing, and that's causing <laughs> So ridiculous. That is an actual fucking plot point of this movie. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, halfway there, they stumble across a blonde chick floating in the ocean, bring her on board. <laughs> This, it's a lot of contrivances in the first part of this movie. But now they're all on the ship together. They get to the island. They go on. They encounter the natives. The natives end up kidnapping uh, the blonde girl who's played by Jessica Lang and trying to feed her to Kong. Uh, yada, yada, yada. The, finally, the oil company realizes they're not going to find oil there. But the captain, played by Charles Grodin, has the brilliant idea of if we bring back Kong and we can use him as a our version of Tony the Tiger, then we can uh, then we can make just as much money as we could if we found oil, and then I won't lose my job for bringing the ship out here when there was no oil. Um, and so they do that. The giant ape breaks free, runs amok in New York City, and is eventually shot by helicopters and knocked off the the uh, what do you call them? The Twin Towers, there, World Trade Center. And there's your movie. We get that really sad, sad ending with the heartbeat, and they're all mm-hmm. crying around the monkey, and it's doom, 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 and then it just stops, and it's actually shockingly effective. But we'll discuss mm-hmm. how some parts of this movie work really well, and other parts don't. <laughs> so, what it like? Where were you guys at coming into this movie? Had you seen it before? Had you seen it recently? I I had seen it a long time ago, and. Uh... It, it, it's so much better and so much worse than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of is both, yeah. I think I saw it, it a long time ago when I was really young, so I don't remember much about it other than the ending, like when they shoot him and he falls down and stuff, which is not anything spectacular since that happens in the first one, but I think I specifically remember this one. So I was curious to, re, well, uh, to rewatch it. Well, that's because unlike the first one, there's like squibs and blood explosions there's a lot of blood coming off that poor monkey as he's getting fired on by these helicopters oh good lord I, and I liked the little subplot as they were at the ending there where they're like Jeff Bridges' characters is the only guy that kind of understands primates that's around and so they're like oh he's like I can predict exactly where he's going to go based on his behavior and based on the outlay of his island and all that he's like all I need is your word that you won't, won't harm him he's like time he's like running toward the ape going come on this way get your giant nets ready <laughs> and then this also these helicopters with giant machine guns pull up and you're like oh they've been messing with that guy's head and he's not happy about it at all <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. So the weird thing that bugged me is just the amount of like nonsensical. Well, Horny Kong is pretty funny. But just the we'll, uh, we'll get to Horny Kong in a few minutes. <laughs> the nonsensical reason to get everybody on this boat. It's like Jeff Bridges stows away, and then yeah, Jessica Lang is apparently <laughs> apparently uh, fell off a boat or whatever that was possibly okay, going to so, take her to Thailand to do a porno movie. It's very important to, to discuss what happened with Jessica Lang because the actual story that she gives is. She was promised an acting job. So she gets on this yacht with this like producer and some other people. As they're traveling across the ocean, everybody else goes downstairs to watch porn, and she doesn't want to watch it with them. <laughs> so she goes upstairs by herself, and then the boat explodes for reasons unknown, and she's the only survivor because she's flown three. She's pushed into the ocean because she uh, wasn't watching porn with everybody else on the ship. <laughs> It's so fucking weird. <laughs> and then she's like, I was swimming towards a star. And somebody's like, yeah, no, you were swimming towards the automatic life raft that has a, a natural blinking light to let everyone know where it is. And they're like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, why wouldn't she know that? She woke up on the boat. Wouldn't she know that she climbed onto it? <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't really yeah. matter. It's You're yeah. right. There's a way too many contrivances to get everyone on the same boat there should have just been a bit of a script rewrite to have just found reasons to pick up all these people it's like oh we have a geologist on board to in case we have to bore through any rock and then uh this paleontologist guy knows a lot about animals and uh you know what we can look forward to on the island like that literally could have been it well you could have just had the jeff bridges characters he eventually he offers to pay them he gives them his real name his real like credentials he offers to pay them why not just have him show up and say, like, I understand you're going here. I want to go there. I'll help fund your expedition if I can come. Yeah. And they just let him on the boat. Like, rather than have this, like, weird little game where he, like, bribes his way onto the boat and pretends to be drunk and then climbs up, like, a, a weird rope thing with no one noticing and all this other <laughs> stuff. And you're like, all that's unnecessary. Did anybody think that Jeff Bridges' character at the beginning looked weirdly like Kurt Russell's character from the thing? Yeah. <laughs> Because they looked the same back then. Pretty much. <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I was like staring at him for a minute and I was like, he looks so familiar like that. And I was like, oh, that's weird. That's weird how similar they are. Greedy? Yeah. It's like, we're going to take a blood test to see who is an ape around here. What the fuck is this movie? <laughs> And then I was sitting, so as the movie started going, and, and I slowly had the, the realization that Jeff Bridges was in this fucking movie, which I did not fucking remember that at all. Uh, I, I'm sitting here staring at it and thinking, oh, so Jeff Bridges is going to be like the action protagonist in this movie? That doesn't make any sense. And it's like, no, no, he's just a super chill dude. <laughs> super chill dude through the whole movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that, that makes way more sense. There isn't really an action protagonist in the movie. The ape is involved in all the action, and everybody else gets like a little bit of action sequences here and there. Yeah, if anything, Jessica Lang has more action sequences than just about anybody else. Yeah, yeah like just because she's like giant monkey hand. Yeah, like uh, raising and lowering her in a giant monkey hand. Which yeah. I have to like. 
that that um, practical hand that they have that picks her up and stuff, it does yeah. look really good on on screen. And there's yeah. a couple of times where they do like a composite shot, so they've got like because man in suit is playing the uh, the actual ape, and then they've got the giant hand in the foreground picking her up, and it looks surprisingly good. Like you can see what they've done, but it looks surprisingly good for a 1976 movie, especially a 1976 Dino De Laurentiis movie. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, for 76 effects, like I thought the special effects were done pretty fantastically i was gonna say unpopular opinion but i personally think that this is the best looking kong of all the kong movies i don't have a problem with that actually yeah like i think i think this is a a better version of the 1933 kong and like that's not a criticism of the 33 film it's just they first had something to off of and then secondly they had better special effects i think because i think rick baker designed the face yeah and it's like well that's i mean that's not a it's not a criticism of other movies for that and i mean obviously the the 2005 version is a completely different thing and then you got skull yeah they tried uh 2005 they tried to make it look more like an authentic ape yeah which which i think worked against it yeah, I mean, and you can have your opinion on that, but in 1976, they could not make it look like an ape, so they made it the way they could, and Man in Suit was probably the right way to go, and it works pretty well, I think. Yeah. I guess it doesn't look like a real ape, but it looks good for what it is. I was going to say, and then the newest one, Skull Island, I feel like what they did was they tried to, instead of making it look pure ape, they made it look like a uh, new... Uh, rise of the planet of the apes ape but bigger yeah i was gonna say sort of like a a mixture between a gorilla and a chimpanzee a little bit right right and i like it i like skull islands ape a lot too i it's still i'd I'd rather it be a dude in a suit personally but that's yeah that's my my uh old man bone screaming at new shit No, yeah, I agree. I, like I said, I thought the, the effects were really good. Um, his fight with like a giant snake was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, the snake is like animatronic. I liked that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it, it doesn't look real, but it looks pretty good. Right, and so snakes, the snakes busting, don't real, the so. busting the thing's mouth open. Yeah, nope. yeah. I mean, I, I think I think the monkey looks good. I think once they get to the island, like, everything leading up to the island feels contrived and forced to get everyone on the boat. Mm-hmm. But once they get there, I think most of it works pretty well. Yeah. That like the little Ed, when uh, Jeff Bridges' character takes like some of the crew and heads off into the woods and to, to track down Jessica Lang and Kong, and it's like it's pretty fun to watch them running around the forest and then Kong like they piss him off and he starts throwing them down that pit and they're all falling to their deaths and you're like yeah that's not bad I can live with that <laughs> and even though like that one guy I really like his performance I don't remember the character's name but he's the only survivor and so he's sent back Jeff Bridges is going to now mm-hmm. chase down Kong on his own and he's sent back when he comes back like all distraught after having run through the jungle for days <laughs> and he like does that thing where he like shows the slit of his throat to uh to indicate like what happened to everybody else like yeah that was kind of heart-wrenching watching that poor guy uh are you guys very concerned that uh kong may have 
fucked dozen of tribeswomen to death over the years. <laughs> Alright, so I knew we were going to end up here. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very concerned by some of the implications of this movie. It, it, I just don't know how weird. it works. Exactly, like it it's implied that he wants to have sex with Jessica Lange and therefore would have had sex with any other woman that came along, but it's not possible. Like, uh, well, I think that's why he doesn't have a harem. I, I think maybe he gets excited, he tries, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just mangles some poor girl with his giant ape dick. It's not, but it, it doesn't even really, like, make sense. Like, you can't even picture it. It's not, like, it's not a little too big. Like, I don't know. It's not clear. <laughs> Basically, I guess we'll just use a person as lube. Just, like... Well, crunch them up and then start masturbating? I don't know. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the implication, all the implications are horrible. The scene, the scene where uh, they kind of mimicked the, uh, the original where, you know, where he's rubbing her with his finger and he knocks, in the original, he like knocks the shoulder strap off of her dress and she gets very upset about it. And in this, of course, instead he pulls out her teats because <laughs> <laughs> it's the 70s. And they need some teats in this movie. Uh, but it's the look. The look they put on Kong's face whenever he does it. Or he's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> He looks, I mean, it, it's hard to describe. He looks like the sound Herman Munster makes when Herman Munster <laughs> <laughs> Does it remind you of uh, Peter Boyle and Young Frankenstein at the end? Yeah. <laughs> I just like I said it's that look that look on his face I I was just like oh no he killed all those poor tribes women well I mean we always knew he was killing them we just didn't like they wouldn't have to keep bringing more if he if he wasn't killing them so we know that that's what's been going on in all the movies it's just it just seems a little bit more aggressive in this one I, I, all, all it is, like, is like, said, it's is, just be, it's just because they imply that he's doing it with his dick like yeah. that's so much that's so much worse if if you were in a horror movie and somebody was like leatherface is gonna kill you and you'd be like oh that's not good and they'd be like he's gonna beat you to death with a hammer you'd be like oh that sounds real bad but if they went yeah he's gonna kill you with his dick you'd be like oh no <laughs> <laughs> there's some truth to that all it all it is like for people who haven't seen it in a while, it's just them trying to do the like kind of cute semi romantic thing between the lead actress and the monkey that shows up in all these versions. It's just the seventies, so they have to make it sleazier, and it really does create awkward implications. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would. Say, and I like it. Like I said, I like most of it. I think the uh, I agree with you guys that the beginning of the movie is real contrived. Like they don't they don't need all that extra stuff to set this up. I don't get why they. They're, tried so hard. I, I think what they're trying to do is be epic because they're also coming in like it's it's King Kong, so they're already anticipating it being an epic film. It's coming in shortly after Jaws. Like they want this to be their big, huge, successful movie, and they want it to be this epic drama. And in in a lot of ways, I think they're successful. I just think in the beginning here, because they're trying to like bring in the oil element, and then they're trying to have like. Jeff Bridges be kind of a, a hippie character who's kind of a lawbreaker, and so they don't want him to be like just 
getting on the boat. They want to have a story of how he got there and all that stuff. And it, a better writer would have been able to pare that down. There should have been just some reason why they were all on the boat right away. And it would have been easier. And you could have, frankly, the movie could have been a little shorter at the beginning, got to the island a little quicker. Yeah, because this is like you know. two hours and ten minutes or something like that. Yeah, so you make it an hour forty-five by not having to go through all these hoops, and again, hoops that don't necessarily add much plot-wise. Like we don't need ten minutes of them interrogating Jeff Bridges. It, it just doesn't help the movie much. Maybe there's some character development elements there, but you could find other ways to do that. Yeah, and th- and then I would say my my only complaint about visual stuff is, man, some of the so all the special effects are great, except for the layered effects. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden, it's so it's so jarring how bad it is, and that's not necessarily their fault because there are movies from the '80s that are just as bad with those effects. I saw some clips from the sequel to this when I was trying to find it. It looks worse in that than it does in this <laughs> by a long shot. That movie, do you do you guys know anything about that movie? Well, I, I certainly saw it a number of times when I was a kid. Okay. My, like, this movie here, like when I was a kid, I watched it a lot. My older brother was a huge fan of it. Um, and I remember when King Kong Lives came out, like... I remember watching it or liking it because I was a kid and I didn't know any better and it had giant monkeys in it and like getting into arguments with my brother because like even at the beginning where he's like we heard the monkey's heart stop in the last movie and I'm like yeah but he wasn't all the way dead they found a way to keep him alive <laughs> and it's like oh that's just dumb that's just I, I dumb stupid logic you know I don't know if you remember this do you remember that that movie starts with them putting in a giant Kong pacemaker that no, that's not, like, it doesn't start with that. It starts with the last 10 minutes of this movie. Right. <laughs> and then they put in a giant fake heart. It's actually an artificial heart. If you go back and read like the descriptions of it. Right. I'm just saying it's weird that somebody somebody watched it in the end. It's supposed to be that thing of you hearing, you know, his heart fading or whatever, which which is a kind of a powerful moment. I kind of actually like that. I, I really like it. But. Somebody watched that and they were like, ah, he died of a heart attack. And it's like, no, he died of a million bullets and a fall off of a building. That's just his heart giving out. <laughs> like, It's funny because they do kind of like the, the Michael Myers thing where it's like, if you just lay still for 10 years, you'll be fine. You just Once once we fix like one of your base medical problems, you can just get up and walk, walk around and start wreaking havoc again. <laughs> that movie is crazy. I wish we'd gotten to watch it. Anyways, back to this movie. How do we feel about Kong's rampage on New York City? I like it. Yeah, me too. I, I like a lot of it. I just think it looks fun. It's not like... I don't know if it... It's not convincing, necessarily, in a lot of the cases, but it's fun to watch. And that's all I really care about, because it's a giant monkey trashing a town, so I just want that to be fun. <laughs> I do... I do like the... Uh... So the show, the big Kong show, whenever they finally get there, yeah, it, it's it's so over the top and it's so fucking dumb in some ways. But at the same time, it's so fucking 70s for them yeah. to point and be like, look at this commercialized garbage, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the giant gas pump coming out and stuff and it's like oh fuck you and fuck your company and fuck everyone involved <laughs> but look how much money they made by having a tiger at the gas pumps for SO so they 
just makes sense to have a giant animal if one of a normal sized tiger made that much money. Yeah, I do think so. I do think the that scene gets way overplayed with the guy uh, basically Donald Trumping the situation as things just get worse and worse and worse. You know what I mean? He's he's like, don't worry, folks. He'll never get out of the thing. Like he breaks his arms for it. He's like, it's all right, folks. That cage is unescapable. Certified by the city. And by the time he gets done saying it, like Kong has it broken into teeny tiny little pieces. And he's like, it's still all right. His legs are shackled. <laughs> uh, it's super fun to watch it happen though and then all the bad guys get stepped on or eaten which is great were you guys a little disappointed so whenever he steps he specifically steps on that one guy and the camera's kind of on his foot is his foot's coming up and then there's a hard cut away from it I wonder if there wasn't a really great special effect of a smushed person that we missed out on. <laughs> I, I suspect what we got there was probably a bad special effect that they took out. Really? See, I I figured it would it might be one of those X-rated things where it was like really viscera-y. Because oh, if it was that, I feel like we'd have gotten that footage somewhere by now, right? And that would be a very infamous shot if they could have figured it out. I'd love to see it. I. Oh. How do we feel? How do we feel about the location change for the final battle? Again, it's very seventies. Switching to the twin towers, switching to the helicopters instead of the plane. It's like it, it's all just them trying to say, "Hey, look, we're updating it. We're being more modern." And it's, it's fine. I don't think it hurts the film really in any way. Did it bug you guys at all? No, no. I just thought it was a good uh, it was a good location since you know there's the two towers. You could have him on one and then, like, you know, a bunch of other shit going on. And apparently people who were lobbying for the uh, Empire State Building were not happy, though. Really? And apparently boycotted by wearing ape suits. Very weird. I don't know. So they Wait, so they boycotted by going out and promoting the film to the general public? I don't know. (laughs) Because that's all we're running around in ape suits. It's all that's going to accomplish. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, they did miss out on the fact that so the 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 image of King Kong kind of hanging off the spire of the Empire State Building is kind of that iconic pose. You know what I mean? That you lose that when it's kind of like a flat roof for him to stand on. Right. You lose that. But then you get the great moments of like him sitting the the lady down. Yeah. Because he doesn't want her to get hurt, basically. And then that whole thing of her reaching out to touch him one last time, but he slips off the roof and falls. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I laughed whenever I said that, but it really is like a powerful, good moment for the film. I think like that's something that maybe like because we're all joking and talking about special effects and violence and stuff. I think the drama really like the, the interactions between Bridges character and the Jessica Lang character and the, uh, the monkey are all good. Like, I think it all works the way it's supposed to. I think like it is genuinely sad when he dies. And I think like, like I remember being a kid and that being like a very emotional moment. And obviously like as an adult, you don't have the same impact watching a movie, but I still think it's really well done. 
the um, I like the fact that you have the play out of what happened on the island again too, where Jeff Bridges is like, "Hey, I think I figured out. I know where he's going to go. <laughs> let's let's go in, and we'll just we'll just get him, and it'll all be all right." He gets there, and of course, it's like ten million helicopters. He's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> We didn't talk to. There's some interesting updates when they're at the island. Since we're like kind of on the subject of updates, I liked, um, you know, you know, in in all these different versions, they always have to have a way to catch the ape. And here, well, it's the '70s. He just radioed back and had them drop off the supplies they needed to do it. Like that's clever. Like that's that's a good little piece of writing. Now we don't have that question hovering of like, why do they have this chloroform on this boat? I was getting ready to say, throw him in the chloroform pit. But, but you know, it makes an, enough sense that they had planes drop it off. And I really liked when the uh, they were using the radar to track the monkey, and it was just that red blip on the island. And at first, they didn't know what it was, but as an audience, obviously, we know what it is. thought that was fun. There's a, there was a lot to like about this movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was definitely better than I thought it was going to be. For some reason, even though I thought I'd seen it before, still felt like I was like, oh, that's that kind of crappy remake of King Kong they did in the 70s that I remember hearing wasn't so good or whatever. But rewatching it, I thought it was done pretty well. It was probably about the best way you could remake it in the 70s. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Anything else that people really like? Any favorite parts? People getting smushed or anything like that that really stuck out to you? (laughs) I like... I like the uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, Jessica Lange are running away. And eventually she's like, look, we're far enough away. Let's just go get a drink because I'm like really, you know, upset and pissed off or whatever. So they go, they go into this bar and they have a drink and Jeff Bridges is like, all right, let me go get something. And you see the giant monkey hand just reach right in and grab her. I'm just like, what the fuck? That was fun. <laughs> The best part of that was uh, in the background, there was like lines of dialogue being broadcast over like a megaphone about how looters will be shot. Please leave the area. Do not stick around. And then when they go in the bar, Jeff Bridges is like, well, I don't want to get shot, so I'm paying for these drinks. And it's just an empty (laughs) bar. He's just leaving cash there. (laughs) I really – I mean Jeff Bridges is good in everything, uh, but I really like his performance in this. I think he's he's kind of just – laid back not giving a shit attitude really plays well into the rest of the film because there's all this wacky shit going on around him and he's like fuck it I better pay for these drinks <laughs> and fucking Kong like swipes a helicopter out of the sky and he's like yeah fuck the man he really is I like it <laughs> yeah basically his his entire character can be boiled down to just hey maybe, maybe not do that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe if you guys weren't being such dicks, there wouldn't be a giant monkey trash in the city right now. Do you guys ever think of that? Because even like on the island, he he is kind of like the voice of reason where they're like, well, these natives will love it if we take away Kong. And he's like, ah, oh, that's their god. If you take away their god, you're going to destroy their society. And it's like, well, yeah, that's a good point. You should probably, you should probably think about that before you – oh, no, they're just going to do it anyway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it is kind of like that weird – like it's – we forget how long there have been people saying uh, when giant corporations do shit, they they don't they shouldn't just like take over islands and steal all the resources because those resources theoretically belong to the people who already live there. And it's weird that that conversation has been going on as long as it has. And it 
hasn't changed anything. Because <laughs> if there was a giant monkey on an island somewhere and some natives were worshipping it, a corporation would go get it and make it into their mascot. And they would, they'd do something like, you know, yeah, but we left behind a shit ton of bananas, so now those guys can thank us for all those bananas. <laughs> that's That's not true. Now... Uh, they would have the government say that those people are terrorists and then do the exact same thing. And not just now, just so we're clear, that's been going on for... Basically, the point of every King Kong movie is that white people are fucking terrible. Yeah. And I can't disagree. I think that's the point of most movies. (laughs) (laughs) Even, Even Son of Kong, and they didn't even know it. But they were just making white people look terrible by being white. <laughs> At least in Son of Kong, they like when they got back and they're like, the natives are going to be so happy to see us. At least the natives weren't like at least there was like a yeah. little bit of like, yeah, like remember, you know, how you feel guilty for fucking up New York. You also fucked up this other island and you should probably be putting some consideration into that. Like, I think there was a message there. It just wasn't particularly well executed. Anything else? Uh, no, I King Kong from 1976 is a very, very good movie. It's, I'd say it's like on par with the 33 movie. It's, I liked it that much. What about the 2005 movie? I'm not a fan. I, I enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I have not been able to sit through it again. It is very, uh, it's way too long. It is, it's. What's the word I want to use? Arrogant? It thinks it's better than it is. Yeah. Um, like, pretentious art house movies are not meant to be three-hour-long, $500 million movies. Those are supposed to be two different things. You can't make one movie that's both. It very rarely works. So I, I don't hate it, but I can't imagine a, a time when I'm going to set down, set aside three hours to watch it again. So that's a weird thing. What about you, Brian? You're the only one who hasn't expressed an opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched the whole thing since theaters. Uh, but I remember thinking this is way too fucking long, considering they very competently told a very interesting and obviously amazing story in an hour and 40 minutes in 1933. And somehow we think like a three-hour version of that's going to be better. Like it's yeah. not. So maybe just boil it down to the essentials and then just do that in a modern way would be a much better way to do it but what the fuck do I know he made Lord of the Rings and I didn't so fuck me I guess I also except the truth is the Lord of the Rings it's it's not as good as people think it is well uh, now we're opening up a can of worms but let's stay (laughs) on King Kong (laughs) My, my my other thing with King Kong is since we're all seem to be very happy with the way this film was updated for its time. Mm-hmm. Nobody seems to have any problem with it. Shouldn't the 2005 version have been set in 2005 and address the modern day equivalent to these problems? You know, like the way that the way that the 76 film makes it an oil company instead of a filming company because they want to address the issues of the day. Wouldn't it have been better to do it? like that in 05 rather than trying to just retell the original story yeah 
probably. I'm trying to think of, I feel like Peter Jackson was maybe too precious with the original movie. Maybe it's like, oh, we have to set it in this time because that's when the original one takes place. We have yeah. to have all these allusions to the original one, like for their basically re refilming like some of the dialogue scenes because in this version we can film it as a movie they are making. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's kind of fun, I guess. But at the end of the day, like, does that really serve the story any? Maybe we could just skip a lot of that and cut out about an hour out of this movie. Yeah. And have less dancing. Less dancing. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. And again, I I don't hate that version, but I just don't think it's like when you see what they could do in the thirties and you could see what they could do in the seventies and all of a sudden, why is the 2005 film? It ought to be my favorite version. And it's just not, I don't find the monkey to be as engaging partially because it's clearly CGI, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? So who knows? But the 76 version, it sounds like we were all pretty positive on. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You would get a recommend from all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, who watched stuff this week? I watched a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I watched Onward, the new uh, Pixar movie, because they put it on Disney Plus, uh, and it's fucking delightful. Yeah, I, uh, I, t- I totally get down with that. It's it's basically nothing but nerd references, uh, and it's it's pretty much so people whose parents grew up playing D&D have a movie to show their kids and be like, hey. What's the movie about? I know I all no these idea. references. Uh, so it's kind of hard to explain. So there is an elf and his brother and their mom. Uh, their dad died when the older brother was very young and basically bef- I think before uh, the younger one was born. I think it's while they were pregnant or something like that. Uh, And they live in a world where, so originally the world was full of magic and all this kind of stuff, and there were wizards and heroes and all that kind of stuff. But over time, when technology came around, people basically just completely abandoned magic because technology's way easier is pretty much the excuse that's given. Like Learning magic's really, really hard. (laughs) So nobody did it anymore. And so uh, on the younger one's 16th birthday, they're given a gift that from their mom that said their dad packed it away before he died because he died of elf cancer or whatever the fuck it is. Some really sad <laughs> Pixar thing. I really hope it was elf cancer. Uh, I, that's pretty close to accurate. I'm telling you right now. And it turns out it's one of these wizard staff and this magical crystal thing that makes it work. And their dad invented a spell that would bring him back for one day so that he could see his children one time. And then after the spell runs out, he can never come back again. 
So they go to cast the spell, but the crystal breaks, and basically they only summon the dad's legs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So they basically spend the whole movie on a brother magic fantasy world road trip trying to find another one of these crystals to finish the spell because when the sun sets the next day the spell will end and the dad can never come back and and that's it so it's and of course one brother is basically a dungeons and dragons nerd and in this world the dungeons and dragons game is actually based off of true stories so the way it's actually the way it works in the game so he's trying to teach his younger brother how to use his newfound magic powers with the staff uh and it's it's fucking great it's 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 emotional it's got those usual uh tear jerky mo- uh, moments it's also pretty fucking epic uh, i think a lot of the jokes are going to go right past people because people like people don't know what a gelatinous cube is if they haven't played D D. but there's an ongoing joke in the movie about gelatinous cubes you do if you watch you, uh, Wayne's World. That's true. That's true, but all that kind of stuff. And, like, there's this whole joke about, like, uh, pixies don't fly anymore because, once again, they've all given up on magic. So pixies are basically motorcycle gangs. But, you know, it takes, like, 30 pic- pixies to run a motorcycle because a motorcycle's gigantic. It's pretty – it's just – it's awesome. It's, it, it is the best kids movie I've seen in 15 years. Easy. So yeah, Amanda everyone, watched it. She seemed like she enjoyed it, but – Yeah, it was really good. Like I said, I think non-nerdy people might not get it as much, but, but it's real good, and I bet kids would really like it. And it's kind of – the ending is, is a little fucking brutal. In a certain way, and uh, I, I respect that. I respect them for not giving the 100% perfectly happy ending. Cool. Cool. And that's the only and thing you watch? That is absolutely it. What did you watch, Doug? Uh, not a lot. Oh, shit. I got a couple things, though. <laughs> and based on your reaction, I will talk longer and longer about stuff. <laughs> No, I got lots of stuff um, to talk about. I'm just, man, I'm the only one. That's fine. A lot of weeks I'm the only one. Uh, uh, let's see. I finally got around to watching Gerald's Game mm-hmm. on Netflix, which is, I'm sure, at least one or two of you guys have talked about it before. Yeah. But I really liked it. Um, yeah, I uh, thought it was just... Noah will be right back. He wanted to make sure to message us so that it wouldn't be awkward on the show, but... Well, we wouldn't want it to be awkward on the show. We wouldn't want the listeners to know that he snuck off. Yeah. But uh, anyways, now that I'm sure you'll edit that out so that it's not awkward for Noah. Um, Yeah, I I really like Gerald's game. Uh, It's amazingly done for a movie that for a movie that should be unfilmable. It's done super well. Yeah. The the gimmick of having the characters in her head in the room talking to her Mm -hmm. really works. Um, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed like the arguments going on between the version of her that's in her head and the version of her deceased husband that's in her head. I kind of enjoyed watching that. And I thought that was uh, that was interesting, if nothing else. And uh, yeah, all, all of it worked. I found the ending to be real strange. The yeah. uh, the whole fact that this like like I, I had assumed she'd been making up this character in her head. The fact that it turned out to be a real dude was weird to me. <laughs> um, 
but it doesn't hurt the movie in any way. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard movie to discuss because so much of it is about the atmosphere and just the performance from the, the lead actress that is solid. Um, I will say when they get to the gore moments, I, I legitimately had to turn my head at that moment where she gets herself out of the handcuffs. And I won't necessarily yeah. spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but uh, I had to, I had to turn my head away from the screen, and that does not happen to me very often at all. No. And it, in a movie that hasn't been about gore up until that point, yeah. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. I just remember watching it and being like, "Ooh, yeah." And it was just like it was, and it goes on, and they don't cut away, and it goes on for a while, and you're just like, "Yeah, like that's." That probably would hurt that much, but I don't want to know about it hurting that much. <laughs> it was just, it was a nasty thing to watch. The other thing, and I don't know if this is a criticism of the film or not, but the other time where I almost had to turn my head was when they get into the stuff with her father from when she was a kid. Mm. And it is, I know it's supposed to be uncomfortable and it's supposed to make you cringe, but it was uncomfortable and it made me cringe. And. I, I didn't like watching it. Now, granted, you're not supposed to like watching that stuff. Um, yeah. And it would, if they're going to have it in their movie, I'm glad that it was difficult to watch. But I wonder if there was a different way to you. Like, I wonder if they could have used dialogue or something to avoid having it be so difficult to sit through. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it would have worked better that way or not. So maybe I don't think it helps that it's uh, Elliot from E.T. who plays the dad. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Henry That Thomas. makes it... That makes it worse. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> that makes it worse. Uh, I, um, glad I didn't know that. I knew he looked familiar, and I did not know why. And I guess that's why. He's uh, he's a big Mike Flanagan participant. So yeah. like he's in this. He was in uh, Haunting a Hill House. Uh watch that too yeah. and a brief cameo in Dr. Sleep I should watch that too yeah you should I'm a I'm a Mike Flanagan fan I don't know why I don't watch more of his movies oh, yeah but like I really like this one I really liked Hush so I should get around to the rest but should do it yeah instead what I did <laughs> which because uh, last week when I was when we were discussing movies, I criticized myself for abandoning my Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> rewatch. So I jumped back in, but my jump back in point was Iron Man three. That's mm. Noah's favorite one. Yeah, that's the, that is the worst spot to it's, jump in. It's, it's arguably the worst movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's it's just so frustrating because there's good ideas in it. And then you can clearly tell this is the point where Marvel was like, fuck that. We cannot let have these directors have so much control anymore because there's like, okay, we've got we've got some decent ideas of what to do here. But then we take those ideas and we throw them into a Shane Black movie instead of making them a Marvel movie. And so there's the whole subplot with Tony having like PTSD from the events in New York that just kind of get glossed over. And I'm like, no that do that make that a major part of this film rather than have him spending a bunch of time in a garage with a kid because that's fucking weird and we don't need him there and it's and it's like that 
it ends up being one of those things too where you're like this is the worst example in all of the MCU of why don't you just get on the phone and call one of the other Avengers to come pick you up if you're stuck in this small town <laughs> like that's there's an easy way out of this you don't need to go through all the stuff you go through in this movie and you know and then I mean obviously the stuff with the Mandarin I don't even want to get into it's, it was a mistake um, yeah. but the worst thing is like kind of at the end when first of all the, the action just doesn't feel like an MCU action sequence it all feels very almost more fast and furious than Marvel Cinematic Universe and that's frustrating to me because I like my action to have consequences. But you've got this, that whole sequence where Tony is like jumping off of things and then the suits are catching him as he falls and all this. And I'm like, fucking stop doing that. That's stupid. Like when you do that like four or five times in a row, it's just, it, it's not even fun to watch anymore. And then they end it all by him like destroying all of his Iron Man suits and having the, the thing taken out of his chest. And you're like, don't. Why are you ending this when we know goddamn well this isn't the end of this, the universe? Like, why are you ending this as yeah. if this as if we're never going to see this character again when you know damn well there's other stuff scheduled to come out? Yeah, I thought that was a weird decision on their part to just do that. Yeah, I, I, it's really frustrating because it really feels like they're cutting it off, and it's like. I, why would you cut it off, right? And then you have to have, there are awkward lines of dialogue in future films where, like, you don't need that anymore because he's still got the thing in his chest. And it's like, well, yeah, because somebody fucked up and let them take it out. Like, it never should have done that. And I don't understand. Like, I, I know that there were probably contractual reasons where they may not, might not have been sure whether Robert Downey Jr. was coming back, but it's clearly the universe was going to continue. So why are you treating this as though it's not like you're, it doesn't feel like it's part of a bigger thing. It feels like it's a standalone movie that's ending off a trilogy. And you're like, but it's, why would it be? Yeah, it's you know? it's it's very much the most DC of all the Marvel movies. Yeah. It, and the reason why I would say that is because so the DC, the DC universe, they have this nasty habit of referring to things and almost making fun of the fact that people like it. Um, who's the God damn it. Who's the asshole writer who wrote a whole bunch of DC movies. So I fucking hate him. David Goyer, David fucking Goyer, <laughs> who said a bunch of condescending shit over the years about comic yeah. book fans and stuff. And that dude can eat shit and die. And I feel like all of Iron Man three is that. They're, they're like, oh, well, we're going to do AIM, but we're not going to do AIM because that's stupid. And we're going to do the Mandarin, but we're not going to do the Mandarin because that's stupid. And we're going to do uh, Iron Patriot, but we're not going to do Iron Patriot because that's stupid. You, you know, I feel like the whole movie is a great big middle finger to people who actually like Iron Man comics. They like burned 3000 different plot points on a giant pyre of bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot to that. And then, again, just the filmmaking style is problematic, too, because another way in which this is like DC is that nothing feels like it has consequences. So it's like, do we really care? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 
I didn't people, like it a lot more on rewatch. People talk a lot of shit about the second one because they're like, oh, it's just set up for the Avengers. And I'm like, yeah, but I knew that going in, so I was fine with it. But, yeah, I feel like it's still better than the third one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the third one to me, I, I don't know, I got... I, now I've recommitted myself, so I guess I've got Thor coming up. So maybe we'll be having a different conversation next week. But as of right now, I'm like, yeah, this is really the low point of the MCU, in my opinion. Wait, which which Thor? The, Thor two. Oh man, I forgot that those are right in a row. Because right I was because because I was getting ready to say those are the two that I have tied for the worst. Like it's either Iron Man three or Thor two. For completely different reasons, Iron Man three because the only of me that like doesn't get it. They don't get any of the stuff that they're fucking with in that movie. And then Thor two, be fuck. It's that is a dull, dull, shitty, shitty movie. It's just boring. All I remember about Thor two off the top of my head is that joke where he like hangs the hammer on a coat hook. That's and uh, I. <laughs> That does not give me a lot of high hopes for remembering the rest. Like, I, I should remember the movie better, right? I'm sure more than that happened. But I'll, rem- uh, I'll let you guys know. I remember being excited that Christopher Eccleston was in that movie because I like him a lot. And then oh, watching the movie and being like, oh, so they just they just didn't do any research about what any of these characters are. Yeah, I don't know. So I, uh, I didn't really like Iron Man 3 on rewatch, which is my... Uh, Kind of the last real thing I watched this week, which is problematic. I also watched a whole bunch of episodes of Community because it it popped back up on Netflix. I guess it used to be on Netflix and wasn't. So when it came back up, they're like, you left off at the end of season four. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen most of these other ones, but I don't watch them again anyway. Does it include the last season? Uh, Season six, right? It's the last one? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's there. And I've started watching that. It's the one that was made by it was made by one of the random Yahoo streaming or something. It's so weird that it was made by like I think it is Yahoo, and I'm like I don't, I don't even understand how that happened because it's like I didn't know Yahoo did shows, and I think I've never heard of any other one they've done. So why would that be the one? But I mean, like, and the episodes are what they are. You just uh, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It really doesn't doesn't change much so I uh yeah I've been enjoying that and then the only other thing I kind of watched this week was uh I tried to get my kid to sit and watch Batman 89 but he's three so he can't, <laughs> can't sit through all the talkie talkie scenes he kept going like when's, when's Batman coming back when's Joker coming back so that's fine so I just fast forwarded to the end and I just started the movie basically at the point where the Batmobile self drives into the uh, Joker's head out and blows it up and then Joker says aha you didn't get me and then they move on to the parade scene <laughs> <laughs> so if you just watch the last 15 minutes of Batman 89 it's a real fun movie to watch he's <laughs> flying around on that bat wing and fucking uh, you know Joker's just he's like dancing and he shoots that thing down and it doesn't seem stupid because you haven't sat through a whole movie to get to him shooting down a plane with a pistol so <laughs> a pistol with a really really long barrel because that makes pistols shoot harder 
It would definitely make it shoot straighter, but I don't know how that would still give one bullet the ability to take down a plane. <laughs> but it's a. Have you, you tried? Know. Have you tried shooting on the '66 Batman? Oh yeah, yeah. He was. He. We were watching the '66 Batman, and he said, "I want to watch a different Batman." That's how we got to the '89 uh, Batman. You know what the? You know what the fucked up thing for a child is? I bet you could show him the shitty Batmans. I bet he would really be into them. Probably. Well, he kept asking about Riddler when I was watching the uh, when we were watching Batman. He said, "Is Riddler in this one?" And I'm like, "I bet you he'd like Jim Carrey's Riddler." Probably. Jim Carrey's the best part of that movie. He's the yeah. best Joker they had. Again, being three, my child can't sit through full-length movies, so yeah. I end up just having to fast-forward to climaxes of films, which is not terrible. What about the? Yeah, uh, so he, what about the Batman animated series? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get him started on that. Yeah. Because I kind of got that darkness, but it's still a cartoon, so maybe. And there's Ooh. lots of it, so I don't have to watch the same thing over and over again. That's very true. I was going to say, or even better for a child his age, Batman Brave and the Bold. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Brave and the Bold's fantastic. And Brave and the Bold would introduce him to all the random fucking characters that he'll be super into. <laughs> You got to be careful doing that, though, because then all of a sudden he wants a fucking clay face action figure. And I'm like, I don't know what to do for you here. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the Joker. He's clay face and Joker form. So this is clay face. I'd be more worried that he would get super into Aquaman because Aquaman in the Brave and the Bold is just fucking awesome. The best Aquaman, Aquaman ever. Yes, and well, I would almost arguably the only good Aquaman. Yeah, outside of the comic books. Have you watched Brave and the Bold, Doug? No, I have not actually. Oh, it's actually really good, and it shouldn't be. Like if you someone describes it to you on paper, you're like, "Well, that sounds terrible," but then you watch it and you're like, "No, this is amazing. I love this." Why don't you just describe it to me on paper then, so that I can say it's awful? So then later uh, I'm surprised. Well, I, I, they, they get things in this other level way. So there's a, there's an episode where there's a bad guy called the Music Meister, and in the comic books, Music Meister can like mind control people by forcing them to sing along with him, essentially, which I, is fucking stupid, right? But they have him voiced by Neil Patrick Harris and made it an entire musical episode, and it's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> It's sort of like the quirkiness of the 60s Batman, but I don't know. Not quite as annoying, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to explain. Yeah, and Batman's voiced by, uh, what's, oh, God damn it, what, D what's his face? Diedrich the, Bader. Drew Carey. Yeah, Diedrich Bader. He's, he's a good Batman. Yeah. It's, it's hard. In like uh, Aquaman, every time he shows up, he has this thing of he names their adventures. Mm -hmm. and, and once again, that's a dumb thing, but it ends up being so awesome because you kind of get stuck with it over and over. Where he's like, I call this one the story of that time that Batman hit the guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, he's the best like Aquaman ever. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I just absolutely loved it. And uh, uh, yeah. Um, do you know? Do you know the character Batmite? Sort of, more by reputation than anything else. Well, he's voiced by Paul Rubens on this, and 
He's sort of like the Mr. Mixelpidelic of the Batman stuff. So he's got powers and basically can just do whatever. And he shows up multiple times and he just breaks the fourth wall and talks about all the random shit on the show and other Batman shows and all this kind of stuff. It's fantastic. They did a crossover movie with uh, Scooby-Doo meets Batman Brave and the Bold. So try renting that and see if you enjoy it. Yeah. And I was thinking, aren't the, the episodes are extra short, too, right? They're only like 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah, there's like two, sort of pretty much two stories each episode. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's consistent with Mob Patrol, so I know it's my kid's attention level. Yeah. Well, I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it's not really two stories. The beginning of the episode, you're sort of catching the tail end of, a, of another adventure he's been on. And it'll just be like a quick, like, five-minute maybe, like, thing. And then, like, you know, they'll go to title card and then the actual, like, meat of the episode for the rest of the show. But it's done really well. God damn it. The only place that's streaming is on DC streaming. Of course. Yeah, it's not streaming anywhere here. Well, it's, it is if you want to buy it. Yeah, you can buy it. Just Watch doesn't have prices listed, which can't be a compliment. I was going to say, it might be worth buying. If I'm going to buy it, I'll probably try to track down DVDs. Yeah, it's probably your best one. Thirteen, thirteen dollars a season. Uh, all right. Anything else? No. Um, I forgot to mention last week that we uh, binged through Ozark season three when it came out. Uh, oh yeah. The show is still fantastic. Like I don't, I don't understand how a show where you think at any moment like this guy's laundering money and something bad could happen to him how you can sustain that sort of over three seasons already, but I don't know. They do it. It works. So if you haven't watched it yet, I would recommend. Oh, let's see. I watched uh, Hollywood Vice Squad. Yeah, I never finished season two of that. Oh, really? You should. Go back to it. Um, yeah, so I watched Hollywood Vice Squad because I don't know. I was just looking for something weird to watch. Um, very boring, which I was... To kind of think what happened. I guess I was looking for more like a Roger Corman type movie. And this was uh, not that. It's directed by Penelope Spheres, which I did not know going in. And uh, Carrie Fisher's in it. And apparently this is the first movie she did after she got out of rehab in the 80s. And she was, she was terrified that she was like her career was over. Because like, who's going to fucking hire someone right out of rehab? So she took this, and it's not a great movie. And then apparently she wrote her autobiography, Postcards from the Edge, and she talks about it in that. So when they made a movie out of that, they kind of, they give it a different name called, like, L.A. Beat or something, but still make fun of it. Um, Yeah, just not a whole lot. I don't know. The thing at the beginning says that they took, like, real incidents that happened with the Hollywood Vice Squad and put him in the movie which makes sense because outside of the regular story which is a mom coming to look for her daughter who apparently is now a prostitute in hollywood like it's just literally them going from like one event to the other that really have nothing to do with the main story so it's like two cops chase down a guy who hijacks a bus and then they try to jump on the bus and it doesn't work out too well. There was one pretty awesome stunt, though, where the guy was on the bus, 
And then the other cop had a car in front of the bus. And the driver grabbed the cop, threw him through the windshield, and he went through the windshield of the bus and fell through the back windshield of the car because the car was like a Pinto or whatever. And they got it all, like, on camera. And it was... That was kind of sweet. But otherwise, like, yeah, the movie's boring. Do not watch. Would not recommend. Um, I watched a movie called Gags the Clown, uh, which, full disclosure, I know some of the people who worked on the movie. Um, but this, the idea of this came out of sort of that weird summer where people were dressing up as clowns and just standing on street corners and terrifying people. Okay, I heard about this movie being made. Yeah. So they made a short, and then they decided to turn it into a feature. And it's a found footage movie, so, I mean, if you're not into found footage, like I'm not super into it. So that part didn't really excite me. But um, So basically, yeah, there's this clown hanging around down, downtown Green Bay, and people encounter him. And it's like these three or four different storylines going on. But then they all kind of converge, like, at the end. Um, yeah, it's like these two cops sort of investigating all this shit. Like, they get calls, so they go to the locations to figure out what this clown dude's got going on. And then a bunch of teenagers who went out looking for him, because apparently it's been going on for a couple weeks. People have been seeing him. And then uh, some, uh, I don't know super right-wing, like, douchey NRA podcaster guy who decides to go out live on his podcast to hunt this guy down, keep him from terrifying people at Green Bay. Then, yeah, you know, shit goes crazy, bunch of supernatural weird-ass shit. He has these black balloons that if... will just, like, you know... I don't know like float towards you and if they hit you they explode and they got like this white powder inside of it and it gets all over you but then you start mutating into like a clown face becomes sort of like a zombie and say overall it's entertaining um got some of my own issues with it but it's uh it's on amazon prime so you basically can watch it for free no one leave no i'm sorry oh yeah I like That's why name. I thought it was funny earlier when Noah said that he would be right back. And I'm like, he usually fades out when the rest of us talk about stuff he hasn't watched. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's all right. Like I said, Amazon Prime. So if you want to, go ahead and give it a watch. Uh, let's see. The other day was uh, Rex Manning Day. So I watched Empire Records. Haven't watched that in forever. Yeah, how's uh, that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun 90s nostalgic trip. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm not even recommended anybody even actually watch it. But it's a movie I watched a lot in high school. So it was a lot of fun to kind of go back to it and just sort of enjoy That's it. My, my whole thing is like that I liked it so much back then. I don't really want to rewatch it now because I'm like, uh, I, I feel like it could come across real cheesy <laughs> now and take some of the fun out of the memories of it. Yeah, I mean, just, it is cheesy, but you just kind of go with it. I don't think uh, I'm going to be running around, damn the man, save the empire. <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies. So it, it is a perfectly fine movie. You know what I mean? People can watch it. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad movie, but it is one of those movies that when somebody says, 
oh, Empire Records is my favorite movie. I'm like, I judge you. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie, but it's definitely just, yeah. It's, it's it, should, a, it shouldn't be anyone's favorite no, movie. No, not really. It's just a fun one you had to throw on. And the soundtrack from that time period is fantastic. Um, I, I still listen to some of the soundtrack to this day. Yeah. So it's 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 fun, still fun. Just you know, don't go looking for Oscar-winning performances or anything. Just go and be like, ah, oh, I was in high school, and just enjoy the nostalgia. Yeah, my problem with that is, what if I remember what it was like to be in high school? <laughs> I want I want to remember Saturday nights from high school. I don't want to remember those weekdays. That was pretty terrible. Uh, over in the basement watching movies, that was the fun part of high school. Yeah. You know, most of the time that was uh, was surrounding that, not good. Uh, So I decided, well, this has been a fun 90s nostalgic watch, so let's keep that up. So I just went down to the similar tab to see what else they they had sort of recommended based on this movie. And uh, Mallrats was on there, and I was like, you know what? I haven't watched Mallrats in I don't know how long. So I turned that on. That was a lot of fun. Just, just like weird, random. Someone posted like, "Yeah, that's like the most '90s movie ever." Yeah, because like, it's just kids hanging out at the mall. Yeah, and I'm like, "You're not wrong," but that's not necessarily a bad, a bad criticism of the movie. I guess I rem- it's just fun to sort of see it again and see it since you know Jay and Silent Bob reboot just came out. Sort of see it again and remember kind of what Jay and Silent Bob were like originally. I mean, you know, everybody gets older and the sort of well starts to run dry. So maybe Jay and Silent Bob aren't nearly as funny and just sort of like, uh, I want to say rebellious, but you know, just like don't give a fuck about anything as they used to be. So seeing Mallrats again, I'm like, oh, that's right. Forgot how fun, like, all these characters were. I just love the ridiculousness of that movie. I love when they just have like the like the blueprints for like the stage and they just happen to have them and all that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then everything's drawn in like stick figures and everything. Yeah. yeah. I, it's and if you look at it it's like you look at it real close. It's like really funny to read all the little comments on it and stuff. <laughs> it's I love Mallrats. So. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I love the idea, too, of all these guys that just hang out at the mall for no reason, and I love how upset Ben Affleck's character gets about it. Bunch of layabouts. (laughs) You have a shopping agenda. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I just, it's been forever since I had, like, I'm going to sit down and watch Mall Rats. Because Mall Rats was the first DVD I ever bought, you know, transitioning from VHS. So it was just like, oh, man, I need to watch that again. It's been forever. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just throw a horror movie on just to have something on while I'm working. Because, of course, I was doing this all during work, my work day since I'm working from home. Yeah. And I was going through all my movies I have on Voodoo. I'm like, what should I watch? What should I watch? And I started going through stuff, and I'm like... Oh, shit. You know what? I'm looking at Child's Play 2 right now. I haven't watched Child's Play 2 probably more than like once or twice. Maybe I should oh. watch that. 
Just because, I mean, I've rewatched Child's Play like a bunch of times. But I've never really gone back to Child's Play 2. So I turned that on. And it's, it's fine. It's no Child's Play. But it is fun kind of getting to see the continuing of Chucky chasing down Andy into a foster home. I really feel like with that movie, they knew. They're like, it's ridiculous that we're going to keep going. Let's lean in on that. Let's yeah. just like they're just like so that's why you've got like Chucky getting thrown down the stairs and shit and the teacher locks him in a closet at one point and all that <laughs> dumb shit that goes on. I think they're just like, Yeah, we know. We know it's ridiculous <laughs> that the doll's back and that they fucking like they rebuilt the same doll for some reason. Yeah, I know. That's but, the thing. Know. I'm just like, okay, so this doll supposedly murders a bunch of people, whether you believe it or not. Do you as a company like and, and how do they get the doll back? Do they Go through weird back channels and get it from the police, or how does that work? But then, yeah, let's just scrape off all the burnt plastic and just start over again on the same yeah. doll. It's That's crazy, but all that is done at the beginning, it's all just set up so we know we're going to come back and <laughs> have our finale in that factory. And it's so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that movie too. I think it's really fun. And I love that at the beginning, there's like, as soon as Chucky's back, they're like, here's a couple of douchebag, rich asshole corporate types. Just kill them, Chuck. Go ahead. Just kill them. Because everybody just wants to watch you kill people at this point. No one cares about anything else. So that guy's going to go in and yell at a store clerk about not being allowed to use his fancy credit card there. You can kill that guy. No one's going to feel bad for him. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. I also have part three. I'm tempted to maybe rewatch that one, but I remember that one being not I so like good. Part three. Well, My I favorite thing about it. part three is that they're all like the whole movie takes place in like this military base, but the climax is at like a carnival. Yeah. And it's just this ridiculous moment where they're all running around in the military base and they'll get to the top of like a hill and they're like, Oh look, a carnival. Let's go have the climax of the film there. <laughs> and they all go. I do like, if memory serves, that, you know, at the end of part two, he was thrown into, like, the arm and leg machine Mm -hmm. (laughs) that comes out, like, you know, appendages all over the place and tears himself in half and then is rolling around in that little scooter and then gets a bunch of, like, hot plastic dumped all over him and melts him. And then if I remember... part two? (laughs) If I remember even more ridiculous than part uh part one or the beginning of part two where they're like here's a horrible nightmare thing let's melt that down and make some more dolls yeah pretty much it's like well there was a yeah a bunch of people that got murdered here in the in the factory and there's this giant plastic blob on the floor just pick that up and throw it back into the plastic machine we'll melt it down and keep using it it's like sure it makes perfect sense just corporate greed <laughs> that's the real villain of the child's play films is corporate greed always is sons of bitches uh and then i guess i'll say the last thing i watched uh we started doom patrol we still got like four episodes left nice as much as i liked titans doom patrol is even better like the uh, the writing on this show is fantastic. Just like everything, I love the characters more. I love the plotline more. It's so fantastic, and I I 
cannot say enough good things about it. It's just weird and quirky, and I have a great time with it. And I would argue that some of the character development on the show is so fucking good that uh, the the episode of Black Black Mirror, the San Junipero episode. Yeah, I would say there's an episode of Doom Patrol that could that could uh, rival like the great fantastic storytelling about a relationship and stuff. It's just it's done so well and so fantastic and yeah, it's amazing if you ever get a chance to watch it. I would highly recommend it. Just the way they're able to form all these characters and <laughs> hearing Brendan Fraser, uh, his voice come out of a giant robot guy and he keeps saying the word fuck like every other word is that's pretty awesome out of that whole show that's that's the one thing that i actually really want to see because i never gave a shit about doom patrol all that much they're basically shitty x-men but uh but the the character robot man i really 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 like robot man (laughs) yeah I think I sold someone that pretty much his catchphrase because he says it a lot is just what the fuck. And he always draws out the fuck. Of course. It's so funny. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I always liked, I liked the idea of his character because there's so many Android and, and robotic characters mm-hmm. and they pretty much all just end up with great benefits and not a lot of drawbacks which if i remember they put cyborg in that show for some reason right yeah which is weird because he's never been a part of the comic book show but he has been a part of titans but hasn't shown up there so well and pretty much every storyline you could tell with cyborg you could tell with robot man so what the fuck's the point they do some interesting stuff with both of them yeah, but I like I like the idea of Robot Man kind of gets screwed because everybody's in these in which that would be interesting in the show that, you know, Cyborg's this super high tech future thing. And then Robot Man's just like somebody slapped his brain in a fucking clunky ass <laughs> 1960s robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's just sad, you know, that he can't he can't touch. He can't feel he can't mm-hmm. <laughs> like. They basically robbed him of sensation. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do a great job of sort of playing on all these. Like, each character gets such a fantastic, like, backstory and everything and how they're able to incorporate, like, their powers and whatever else. Like, either either a blessing or a curse, either way, just sort of describing them there's one episode where they go they go back to find the quote-unquote original doom patrol and it's one of like the most fantastic episodes like it's just it's a very self-contained episode they go and they find that these original superheroes are now like basically teaching at this school it's essentially xavier's school or whatever yeah like i said shitty x-men yeah, technically they came out six months before the X-Men did, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um, but they're teaching at this school, but something seems really off. Not quite sure, like, what the fuck it is. And then about 30 seconds before the big reveal, I figured out what it was, and I just went, oh, no, holy shit, 
and then just said it out loud. And then it turns out that's what it was. And me and Amanda were both, we're like, holy fuck, that is fucked up. So it's, it's really good. So watch Doom Patrol. Highly recommend. Uh, anything else before we move on? Uh, yeah. Um, just so we have something to talk about next week. Yeah. According to screencrush.com, the new episode of Tiger King premieres on Sunday. So we'll, I heard. All, we'll have all watched that by next week. <laughs> I assume we can all just, do we even need to set aside movies for next week? <laughs> next episode, about one episode of Tiger King. God only knows where that's going to go. I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> I read some headline that apparently Trump is considering pardoning Joe Exotic. Of course, of course he would. <laughs> sure he is. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, yes. why not? That makes sense. Again, he probably doesn't have a fucking clue who it is. He probably just hears other people talking about it. He's like, I'll pardon that guy if that'll if, mm-hmm. if that's what everyone wants. If that's what's going to get me reelected. I mean, tomorrow, tomorrow, Carol Baskin could be arrested for murdering her husband because they're like, we finally found the evidence, and he'd be like, preemptive pardon. <laughs> She's famous. What a piece of shit. Anyways, I wasn't trying to make it political. I just want to watch more Tiger King. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. What are we actually going to talk about next Uh, week? So next week, uh, we are going to be talking about... What did I decide on? Look, I had it picked out, and I can't remember what it was. Witchcraft, 7 and 13. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. (laughs) Hold on, let me open this up. God damn it. Brian, you're screwing it up. I am screwing it up. I have to edit all this out. Uh, oh, so next week we are going to be doing, since Noah said we haven't done some horror movies in a while, which I agree with, um, we've never done any Herschel Gordon Lewis movies. So we are going to be talking about the Gore Girls and Wizard of Gore next week. Ooh, all right. I've never seen either one of them, so should be fun. The only Herschel Gordon, Herschel Gordon Lewis movie I've ever, I've ever seen was Blood Feast. Okay. You've never seen Paint Me Blood Red? No. I've only ever seen Wizard of Gore. And it was a while ago. Yeah. Wait, you've never seen Blood Feast? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Blood Feast. What in the sweet fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many movies. There's so many to watch. No, there are. I, I spend so much of my time watching rewatching ones that I know I'm going to like because I'm scared to watch something new in case it sucks. But I'm just saying, of of like horror fan stuff, I kind of thought Blood Feast is one of those random ones that just at some point everybody's seen it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen. Now it's very plausible. Quite often, when I put in movies that I think I haven't seen, it turns out I have. Yeah. So that could happen, but. I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of the god awful sequel Blood Feast Two. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I think it's I may have tried. Bad. To, I think I may have tried to watch that, and it was so bad that I never went back to the original. I think that might be what happened because that came out not that long ago, right? Ten fifteen uh, years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, when is Blood Feast from? Like a long, long sixties. Sixties, yeah. yeah. So that's I remember that I remember Blood Feast two coming out, thinking I should watch these movies. Well, we did Blood Feast on Drunken Zombie, and because we had a friend of mine 
comes to Dan, he picked it specifically, which I was not aware of at the time. I mean, he mentioned it on the show, but I didn't know beforehand. Was the, so apparently they were up in Chicago when they made it. Um, I think they filmed it in L.A., but then edited it or something in Chicago. Either way. Uh, but it had its world premiere. The first screening they ever had of it was at a drive-in in Peoria. Which I was like, go. holy shit. And then years later, when it was almost its, when it, you know, the 50th anniversary was coming up, I got a hold of Herschel Gordon Lewis to see if he would want to come do like a screening of it, like a Q&A and stuff. Uh, and he said that since Peoria had such a special place in his heart, he would knock half of his uh, appearance fee off. And then it was still like $4,000 just to get him there. I was like, yeah, maybe we won't. Herschel Gordon Lewis is getting eight grand appearance fees. Apparently. All right. I like that this newfound civic pride you have now that you've been stuck in quarantine for a while. Every week you find a way to tie the movies back into your hometown. <laughs> I was going to say, and if you guys are looking for a movie to tie in to Blood Feast for your, your weekly watchings, mm-hmm. if you've never seen The Grave Digger and His Pals, it's like a, a another weird, shitty cannibal restaurant movie. And it, it has thinking, a very it has a very similar plot. Thinking of The Undertaker and His Pals? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the Undertaker and His Pals. Yeah. Thank you. It's got weird bikers in it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Biker gang and a weird murder. And the fact that, like, all of their uh, menu items at their restaurants are puns of the girls' names that they murder. <laughs> this is one of the uh, the longest stair chases I've ever seen. Right. I don't know. Herschel, Herschel Gordon Lewis, we all owe him the 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 largest debt for the fact that the quote of just screaming Egyptian feast every once in a while is pretty fantastic. <laughs> no matter what everybody says, you know, they're all talking about, do you like sushi? Oh yeah, I love sushi. Oh, this place has the best sushi and you can go, but have you ever had an Egyptian feast? <laughs> and nobody gets yeah. it. And then you yeah. just slow walk away, staring, hold, holding eye contact. They're like, what's up with that fucking guy? <laughs> all right Herschel Gordon Lewis for next week all right everybody everybody watch and enjoy don't tell me what to do I'll enjoy if I want to and I will not enjoy if I choose not to please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.